Everybody say, I live, I move, I have my being in him. <laughs> he is the fullness of everything in every way. And we live, we move, and we have our being in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that if any man, any person be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. If all things have become new, that means that you don't do the things that you used to do that was not pleasing to God. Oh, some of you still do, huh? All right, all right. We're going <laughs> to talk about that. I'm going to talk tonight. I want to continue uh, talking to you tonight about attitudes in the church. See? There are some people who can get excited about that. Attitudes in the church. Obviously, when you have a title called Attitudes in the Church, there are a number of topics that you could cover, right? Because attitudes, my goodness, it goes in a lot of different directions. Depending on who's carrying it, it goes even further, right? But I, I want to continue to talk about criticism in the local church, criticism in the local church. It's so interesting that I don't think that it's something that is uh, talked about a lot, and yet it's quite prevalent in the church. Uh, we learned last uh, week, uh, looking in the, uh, the book of Numbers 12, that it can potentially be uh, some serious consequences uh, about wrongfully criticizing those in the body of Christ. And I, I'm sure that we uh, don't give it that much thought concerning the uh, consequences. But nevertheless, how many understand that there are consequences to every action? And so we saw there in Numbers uh, 12 how Miriam and Aaron, you know, they criticized Moses and things didn't work out very well, especially for Miriam. That is true. It did not work out very well. And so tonight, however, what I want to do where uh, the uh, criticism in the local church is concerned, I want to um, make that clear distinction according to the word of God, the clear distinction between wrongful criticism and judging versus uh, scriptural and healthy ways to criticize. Because we understand that you know, where criticism is concerned, it can be used both positively and negatively, correct? So, so we want to make that distinction from the Word of God. And I also want to give you uh, some ways where you are able to uh, spiritually and, and scripturally uh, criticize and judge and, and don't have to uh, uh, be concerned about whether you are, are, are wrongfully judging someone or negatively criticizing them. I think that's important because uh, we said last week that, uh, you know, uh, sometimes where criticism is concerned, it can become so subtle because we become accustomed to doing it, but there are still consequences. Y'all got to understand that. Thank you, Minister Leonard, for that yeah. <laughs> I know we don't like to talk about consequences, but, but, you know, you can't get around it, really. You really can't. And, and, and so for every uh, action, there's a reaction, right? And so 
we want to look at we want to look at those things. And so we looked, as I said, to uh, uh, Numbers uh, chapter twelve, and and we saw that when uh, Miriam and when Aaron criticized uh, Moses, we saw a number of things. Right. Uh, number one, we saw the Bible said there that uh, God said to Miriam and Aaron, why were you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? So we see that we should be afraid to wrongfully criticize people. We should be afraid to do that. And we're going to see uh, reasons why we should be afraid. But another thing that we saw, you remember Moses says, uh, after uh, the uh, consequences of Miriam and, you know, uh, co uh, contracting this uh, leprosy, uh, Aaron said to Moses, oh, master, please don't punish us for this sin that we have so foolishly committed. So we see that when we wrongfully criticize people, it's a foolish action, and it's a sin. <laughs> Bet you never thought that for about criticism, huh? That it, it's a sin. Y'all looking at me like, as Pastor David always say, a coward of Newgate. So we could go go there and, and uh, read it. I don't. We read the uh, full chapter last week, so I don't want to read the entire chapter because. There are some things I want to get to. But it is a sin to criticize or wrongfully criticize uh, those in the body of Christ. Now, we understand that you are in the body of Christ, right? And, and anyone who has accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, they are in the body of Christ. They are part of the family of God. They are children of God. They are servants of God, just as you are. So no one is uh, excluded from being a member of the family of God if you're born again. Right? So we're going to look again uh, there to Numbers. As I said, I'm not going to read the entire chapter, uh, but I do want to pick up uh, in uh, one of the places there, Numbers chapter 12. And... Let's just start at verse 5 tonight. It says in verse 5, Then the Lord descended in the pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tabernacle. Aaron and Miriam, he called, and they stepped forward. And the Lord said to them, Now listen to what I say. If there were a prophet among you, I, the Lord, would reveal myself in visions. I would speak to them in dreams but not with my servant Moses. Of all my house, he is the one I trust. I'm sorry, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. New Living Translation. I speak to him face to face, clearly, and not in riddles. He sees the Lord as he is. So why were you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? The Lord was very angry with them, and he departed. As the cloud moved from above the tabernacle, there stood Miriam. It's important to, to note that 
that there stood Miriam. Now, we understand that uh, the uh, nation of Israel, were, they were a, a type of the church. And Miriam was a part of this church. And everywhere uh, that nation of Israel moved, the presence of the Lord moved with them. Correct? And so Miriam, obviously up to this point, she had moved with the presence of the Lord. She had moved forward with the church. And now she, she and Aaron, they criticized uh, uh, Moses, the servant of God. And now the Bible says that there stood Miriam. In other words, her progress had stopped. It was hindered. She was at a complete standstill. And we read last week that uh, Miriam, uh, and this is because of the, the, the grace and the mercy of God, because the consequences actually could have been worse. Two reasons. Aaron cried out to the leader of the church, and the leader of the church cried out to God for mercy. And because uh, uh, Moses cried out to God for mercy, then the consequences of Miriam was not as severe as they could have been. So what were uh, uh, the consequences? The consequences were that uh, uh, Miriam was put outside of the presence of God, outside of the church for seven days, the Bible says. Now, now those, that was uh, the minimum consequences that she suffered. But you, we, we, we read that where the church waited until she had uh, paid that penalty and then Miriam was restored back to the church and back into the presence of the Lord. And the Bible says that they, that they now move. So we see that, that Miriam, her progress with God, her progress with the church was hindered, was, came to a complete standstill. And I don't think I have to uh, tell you why. We all know. God says, why would you not afraid to criticize my servant Moses? Because of wrongfully criticizing her servant Moses. So I gave you a definition to, a to the uh, word criticize last week, right? And so according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, criticize means to find fault in or to point out faults of, right? It also means uh, to consider uh, the merits and the demerits of and then judge accordingly. That's Merriam-Webster. Now, where wrong for criticism is concerned, wrong for criticism uh, is, is this. It's when a complaint, a complaint is expressed against someone's individual faults. A complaint is expressed against someone's individual character uh, uh, flaws, right? That's what Miriam did. We all complain about something, and we sometimes complain about someone. But listen, this is the key. The key is that 
you don't complain against the people of God. You don't complain against the body of Christ. You don't complain against the leadership in the body of Christ. You don't complain against your brothers and sisters in the Lord where you are complaining and you're expressing that as a character flaw. Why? Because God created them. God created you. God has set you in the place where you are. And because God has set you in that place, when you complain against them in terms of their character, you're complaining against God himself. In the book of Romans 14 and 4, it says, who are you? Who are you to judge another man's servant? God is able to make him stand. And the Bible says that God will make him stand. My goodness. It's God. And I think that sometimes we take this, uh, this, uh, this body, this relationship, uh, this family of God, I think sometimes we take it a little bit too lightly, one another. Now listen, I am not preaching at you. I'm preaching for you. Because this is a, this is a situation where if there's any place if there's any place that we as believers want to go, or even if uh, you're not a believer and you're seeking out uh, some hope, you're seeking out some relief, you're seeking out something outside of what you've been experiencing in life before you come to God. But as believers, as the church, the church, the church is the very place that we go where we are encouraged, where we are uh, edified, where we are lifted up, where we are, come on, y'all. The church is a place where we come, where we are strengthened. Uh, uh, Hebrews, Hebrews 10, 25, it's a familiar verse of scripture. Do not forsake. Many translations say, do not neglect coming into assembly one with another as a manner of some is, but exhorting one another, exhorting one another, encouraging one another, building one another up, strengthening one another. Get, come on. That's where we come to gain strength, strength, and to be built up and to be edified. And so then, when... We put our mouths, come on, wrongfully on one another. So, 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 so there is, as we said, criticism can be used in both positively and negatively. So there is what? Constructive criticism and there's destructive criticism, right? Constructive criticism, it does just that. It constructs, it builds up, it edifies, it strengthens, right? There, there in the book of uh, uh, Proverbs uh, 1531, it says that if we listen to constructive criticism, we would be at home <laughs> with the wise. So we see that that's beneficial to, uh, you know, to give constructive criticism to one another, Right? He says, we'll be at home with the wise, right? And, and now, now, what does Ephesians 4, 4, uh, 29 say? It says, let no corrupt communication, no corrupt communication, right? Come out of your mouth, except that which is useful for edifying, that it may what? 
minister grace to the hearer. So this is, the, this is what takes place when, uh, or what should take place when we come together in assembly, when we come uh, together as a body, when we come together as, as the church, we are to be edified. Everybody say edified. Everybody say, I'm all for that. Well, if we are all for that, then we are not only, uh, grace is not only to be ministered to us, but we are also to minister grace outwardly. Oh, can you say amen again? <laughs> Absolutely. Because, listen, we, we, we are vessels of grace. I said we are vessels of grace. Why? Because the graceful one lives on the inside of us. And so the, the communication that comes out of our mouth uh, should minister grace. Minister grace. Amen? So that's, that's constructive criticism. Now, destructive uh, criticism, it can be uh, condescending, it can be hurtful, it can be uh, harmful, it can be very dangerous. Destructive criticism. Right? Why? Well, because, you know, it tears a person down. Their esteem. You know, what do we say? Wrongful criticism. Wrongful criticism is when a complaint is expressed against a person's character. And if you are attacking, and, and that was the problem, that was the problem with, uh, with Miriam and, and, and Aaron. Because, because they, you know, God has set this man in the place where he, where, he, where he was, where he was serving. He was God's servant. And, and they put their mouth on Moses, and the Bible says that God was very angry. He was very angry about that. So when we, when we are uh, in exchange or when we are engaging uh, with one another, uh, we want to resist. We want to resist those uh, contrary and criticizing thoughts because we, ha we, we, we have to understand that this is something, look, the enemy is constantly... He is constantly uh, feeding erroneous information so that we can accept it. He is constantly uh, uh, putting things in your, uh, injecting things in your thought life, right, so you can accept it. See, but the problem, the problem is not so much the thoughts. Uh, you know, you've heard, heard people say, you know, uh, the birds can fly over your head, but don't let them build a nest there, Right. So it's not so much the thoughts, it's what we do with those thoughts because when we entertain those thoughts, when we receive those thoughts, when we embrace those thoughts, and then when we speak those thoughts out against someone else in the body, that's the problem. I said, that's the problem, right? And so the Bible talks about, I, I quoted that verse there in, in Hebrews 10.25, where it says, uh, do not forsake or do not neglect coming into assembly one with another as the man of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more, I didn't finish it, so much the more as you see the day approaching. As you see the day approaching. Come on, get alert. The day is approaching of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Everybody should be able to say amen to Jesus returning. <laughs> Come on now. 
So that day is approaching. Yes, I understand that no man knows the hour, Jesus says. No man knows the hour or the day, not even the angels or the son, but only the father. But I can tell you this with all confidence. We are a day closer today than we were yesterday. And that day is approaching. And the Bible says that so much the more we're to be encouraging, so much the more we're to be uh, constructively ministering grace. Ministering grace. How many understand that every word that comes out of our mouths, we have at least a fraction of a second to think about what we're going to say. Ah, I understand that some people say, well, you know, uh, they, 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 they overspeak their brain. But that's not true. That's not true. It has to process in your brain before you say it out of your mouth. So, so it's, 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 not so much, it's not so much that uh, we can say, oh, well, I couldn't help it. Oh, yes, you can. Give me some thought. Proverbs, Proverbs, Proverbs talks about uh, how uh, a person who speaks before they think. Right. <laughs> yeah, but we all get to think. I said we all get to think. Oh, I guess I must have came to afflict the comforted and to comfort the afflict, afflicted tonight. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm having fun. Because listen, I, I, I told you, I told you last week, uh, God, God dealt with me about wrongfully criticizing people a number of years ago, right? And so he gave me that verse there in, in, in Luke 6, 37. Luke 6, 37 says, uh, judge not and you'll not be judged. Condemn not and you'll not be forgive and you will be forgiven. So he dealt with me uh, uh, with that verse of scripture a number of years ago. And let me tell you, let me tell you, uh, I, I still confess that scripture today on an ongoing basis. Judge not and I'll not be judged. I condemn not and I will not be condemned. Judge not, judge not. So I want to look at that verse of scripture because I did say that we're going to make a clear distinction, Right? Uh, Luke 6.37. Let's look there. I'm going to read this from the uh, New King James Version. Luke 6.37, New King James. We just quoted, it says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Now, the Greek word uh, for judge here in Luke 6.37, it's pronounced kareno. That's K-R-I-N-O, kareno, right? That's the Greek word. And it means to decide mentally or judicially. It also means consider as preferring one thing over another or determine, determining the correctness of a matter. It means condemn in a legal sense. It also means to try or to put on trial, and it means punish. You remember what, what, what 
uh, Aaron said to, uh, to God, oh God, don't punish us, right, for committing this sin, this act of foolishness. So it, it means also punish. So in essence, what, what we're doing when, when we are wrongfully judging or wrongfully uh, criticizing another is we make a decision, right? We make a decision uh, about them, and, and usually it's premature. <laughs> the decision that, that we make is premature, but we make the decision and we position ourselves uh, uh, to try them, to condemn them, and to punish them. So when we are wrongfully criticizing, when we are, are judging them, we have made this decision to do this against our brothers and sisters in the Lord. That's why he says, judge not. Judge not. Right? In other words, do not condemn. Do not put someone on trial. Do not punish them. Right? And, and, and so... We, we want to understand that this is a pretty serious matter here, whether we want to admit it or not. Listen, to, to uh, wrongfully criticize and to uh, 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 negatively judge someone, that is not the way that we do it. All right? I said, that is not. How many believers in the room? Uh, if you're a believer, that makes you a Christian. If you're a Christian, that makes you a child of God. If you're a child of God, that makes you a member of the family of God. That is not the way that we do it. Can y'all say amen? amen. So, so that's not the way. So turn to 1 Corinthians 2, 15. Now, now before we turn there, I do want to say this. That Greek word, karino, uh, uh, there in uh, Luke 6.37, that is the same Greek word uh, of the verse that we quoted earlier from Romans 14.4. 14, uh, 14, Why don't you turn there so you can see it? Same Greek word, right? Judge. Can y'all turn to Romans 14 and verse 4? Romans 14 and verse 4. Y'all there? This is New King James. It says, who are you to judge? Who are you to corino another servant? To his own master, he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. So that's the same Greek word. So, so in, in essence, what he is saying here is that uh, when we criticize uh, someone in the body of Christ, when we, we are actually condemning them, <laughs> and, and, and that's a child of God. I said, that's a child of God. That's a servant of the Lord. Obviously, if he's a servant of the Lord, that means God is his master. God is able to make him stand, right? So same Greek word. Now turn back. Uh, there to uh, 1 Corinthians 2.15. Same Greek word. Greek, Hebrew, it's Greek, New Testament. So 1 Corinthians 2.15, New King James, it says, but he who is spiritual judges all things. 
he who is spiritual judges all things. Yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. He who is spiritual judges all things. Right? Now, the Greek word here for judge, we're talking, we, we just talked talk about the wrong way to judge, correct? There is a scriptural and, and a healthy way to judge. The Greek word for judge here is anakrino. Anakrino, that's A-N-A-K-R-I-N-O. It's anakrino. And the, the, uh, the, the definition for that Greek word is to examine, to discern, ask questions, investigate, search. Examine, discern, ask questions, investigate, search. So in other words, it says that he who is spiritual, or we could say it this way, he who is spiritually mature and led by the Holy Spirit. Did y'all get that? He who is spiritually mature and led by the Holy Spirit, then this, this believer, they will take the time to examine. They will use discernment. Remember, you're led by the Holy Spirit. He gives you discernment. They're led by the Holy Spirit to investigate, to ask questions before they draw a preconceived conclusions about someone. So many times we do that in our heads. We can meet someone. We can see someone from across the, uh, the street. We can see someone from across the sanctuary. And we draw preconceived conclusions about them, and we haven't had two minutes of conversation with them. Come on now. We do that. I say we because I'm guilty. But the point here is that uh, there is a scriptural way to do it. Now, this is a healthy and, and, and scriptural way to do it. I say healthy because if you do it the unhealthy way, then the consequences are going to be unhealthy. So, so when we take the time to examine, now we're led by the Holy Ghost. R Romans 14 says, for as many as are led by the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, these are the sons of God, right? How many daughters and sons of God do we have in the room? We're led by the Holy Ghost. So we can uh, take the time to examine. We can investigate. We can use the discernment of the Lord. We can search out to find out before we allow the enemy, the enemy, those thoughts those contrary, those uh, criticizing thoughts about someone in the body of Christ. Now, see, this is the deal. We said earlier that it's one thing, it's one thing to have those uh, uh, criticizing uh, thoughts, uh, uh, but it's another thing when we receive those, we entertain those, and we speak them out against someone to someone else. Come on, do we have any believers in the room? To someone else. That's where the real danger comes in. Say amen or oh me. That's where the real danger comes in. So we know that the devil is the accuser of the brethren. 
So when we uh, receive those thoughts, when we entertain those thoughts, we, and, and those thoughts are contrary to the word of God, they are wrongfully critical of someone in the body of Christ, listen, we know that it's from the accuser. It's from the devil. Amen? So I want to give you four ways to judge a matter spiritually and, 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 and uh, scripturally so that you don't wrongfully criticize and negatively judge people. Number one, cast down every neg negative and contrary thought about your brother and sister in the body of Christ that doesn't align with the truth of God's word. Cast down every negative and contrary thought about your brother and sister in the body of Christ that doesn't align with the truth of God's word. So those criticizing and negative thoughts that we are having towards someone, we are to resist those thoughts. We are to replace them by speaking the word of God, and we are to think God, God thoughts, and we are to see them from God's perspective. So when we get those critical thoughts, when we get those contrary thoughts, cast it down. Speak the word of God over that. See them from God's perspective. Listen. The Bible says there, there in the book of Isaiah that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts and God's ways are higher than our ways. That is true. But God desires that our thoughts and our ways come into alignment with his thoughts and his ways according to the word of God. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, God is not thinking any negative thoughts toward you. God is not wrongfully criticizing you. Amen? So only, only, only perfect thoughts about you come from God. <laughs> only graceful thoughts come toward you from God. Only loving thoughts come to you from God. Oh, listen, come on. This is, these are God's thoughts. So we can make that clear distinction. It's not that difficult. So when they're contrary, cast them down. 2 Corinthians 10-5, right? Number two, ask the Holy Spirit to help you to see things or see people from God's perspective. Ask the Holy Spirit. Remember, he who is spiritually mature and led by the Holy Spirit, right? So ask the Holy Spirit to help you to see people from God's perspective. We don't always know everything that a person is going through at the, at the, at the time that they react or, or that they act toward us. Yes, it can be ugly. Yes, it can be not so nice. We don't always know what's going on. There in the book of 1 John 2.20, it says, as a believer, we have an unction from the Holy One. Many translations say we have an anointing, an anointing from the Holy One, and we know all things. So we got we to gotta invite the Holy Spirit. Ask him to help you to see people from God's perspective. Listen, he's faithful to do it. 
I said, he's faithful to do it. So, so those preconceived conclusions that we draw about people, if they are wrongfully criticizing, if they are uh, uh, bringing about negative judgmental uh, thoughts about people, they're not from God. 